0: to the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to try for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. On an RBI hit by Mitch Poole. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is out. The 0-2 pitch.
1: Look at this. Stuck out. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Phillies Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Ty Daubert coming at you with our first episode since the lockout ended in Major League Baseball. other sports news, March Madness going on. I guess that's how you could kind of describe MLB free agency and the trades ahead of opening day coming up uh, in you know second week of April. Phillies have made some moves. We can get into what happened before we do that though. have to introduce my co-host Nathan Ackerman. Nathan, what's going on? How are you doing?
0: The real March Madness, I love it. You know, we were going to record on Saturday after the lockout was over, and then we were like, you know, why don't we wait a few days for the Phillies to do some stuff? And then we were we were going to record on, what was it, Monday or Tuesday? And and you were like, you know, I feel like the big move's coming. Why don't we put it off a couple more days? And you were right to do that because there is so much to get to. Uh, March Madness, you, you said it best. Exactly. Like, like you mentioned, the
1: Phillies made their big move of the offseason. They signed Kyle Schwarber, according to a report from John Heyman, four years, $79 million. That gives them a guy who can man left field a little bit. He can play some DH. I don't know if you'd call it playing DH. He can fill in the DH spot. He's a power bat. Maybe bat lead off really good season last year with the Nats and Red Sox. Briefly, why don't we get into it, Nathan? What do you think of the Kyle Schwarber signing by the Phillies?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is something that we sort of saw coming. There were talks before the lockout about how they had been in on him. Kevin Long is obviously a huge reason why their work with the Nationals was, you know, huge for him. Um, And I think under $20 million a year for four years, like that's a pretty good deal. I think that's going to be something that they're going to you know, be glad that they signed. And the thing that I don't get is there's all this new talk about who's going to hit leadoff. It's like, it's Kyle Schwerber. There's, I don't, I don't really see a question about that in my opinion. Um, This is why they got him. He's a guy who hits bombs, but he can also draw walks and get on base. He's not going to steal many bags, but who cares? That's sort of the old baseball leadoff rule anyway. So it's, it's a, it's a great signing. It wasn't one that really, you know, caught too many people off guard. Um, you know, obviously this is a, a, a team where, you know, there are like talks about them being in on guys and then you don't really know that they're close until it happens. And that's kind of what happened here. Uh, I woke up and it was like Kyle Schwarber's on the Phillies. Okay. Sounds good. But yeah, I think it's a great, it's a great signing. Uh, They needed a big bat. You could argue, they still need one more, whether they're going to get it if they don't go over the tax, which they might not, 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 not do is a whole nother conversation, but on its face, I think it's a great deal. They got it for good AAV, good good years. Um, he's what thirty. I I think he's it's solid. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. There you go. Yeah.
1: So you mentioned it. They they needed this kind of bat. Bryce Harper mentioned him, mentioned it himself in spring training. He, he said that he told John Middleton like they need one of one of those guys. Whether it's Cast, Nick Castellanos, who's still out there, Chris Bryant who just signed, or with the Rockies or Kyle Schwarber who they ended up getting, like there's a glaring hole in left glaring hole in the lineup. And there are a few guys who can play left with, with good bats. They made a pretty obvious move. I would say they made an obvious move. You mentioned it too. Power kind of bat. They have a few guys with 40 Homer potential, I would say. And then also all of those guys are pretty good at drawing walks. You think to Schwarber, Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins, all of those guys, can get on base they can all hit the ball out of the ballpark and in a place like citizens bank park that's a pretty good formula to have i would say
0: yeah can play left is a term that i think we'll use loosely here uh he has played left before but i look i will say hey they have a new emergency catcher again it's not it's uh, yeah exactly it's not Reese, by the way, the Bryce Harper emergency catcher conversations are finally put to rest. Thank God. It's, it's not going to be Reese Hoskins left bad like that. That would be pretty bad. But also even Shorber himself, it, it used to be a lot worse. Like it it was once historically bad and left and now it's just pretty terrible. And I think that's something that you can sort of hang your hat he, on. He had, like so, a,
1: he had like a couple OK years mixed in. Yeah. Last year wasn't as good. And he also played first in Boston, also had injury stuff. Mm -hmm. So I I don't really know. The defense, we can get into that. The Phillies, you think back since 2018, I think you would mark as a little bit of the turning point where they're at least kind of competing, sort of. And ever since then, the defense has been pretty brutal. And it looks like it's probably going to stay that way. Uh, because they haven't made any infield additions and you think uh, Didier Gregorius at shortstop and Alec Bohm at third base, not very good defenders. Kyle Schwarber, uh, far from a defensive savant out there in left field. And Matt Gelb wrote a story in The Athletic the other day saying that their plan is to kind of out hit their problems and go with the bad defense. And I think he talked about it on this podcast when he get, when he was a guest months ago. That that's probably going to be their plan. I think it's probably the right move. I don't. I, I don't know. What, me too. I don't. Yeah. What I don't know what you get if from. What we can get into some of the problems and holes in this lineup. If you sign a left fielder who's like a left fielder who's a defensive specialist, like I don't know what that
0: really does for this team. I think you just take the defense with the well, upside what, what of shorter bat. What does that even mean? Like if you're going to change your whole philosophy and be like, okay, we're going to be a team that cares about the defense. Now, like you don't start in left field. You yeah, start exactly. sure, you start in center, you, you know, yeah. you already have a catcher, but so yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 also probably as you said, it's probably the right move. Like what were the options out there? Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, guys like that who it's like, okay, either you're going to get a left fielder defensive specialist, which is not really a value added to any. It's it's barely a thing. Yeah. It's not even a thing. If he's a good left fielder, he's probably a center fielder. So, I mean, yeah, it's, you have to look at the market. You have to look at how much value would really add to the team. And I, I would be hard pressed to find a left field specialist glove who would add more value to your team than Kyle Schwarber's bat. I, I don't think there's one out there. So they're going to have to go in all in on this thing. I mean, you know, you can look at other spots in the lineup and be like, okay, maybe shortstop you try to make a tweak there to get somebody who can play in the field a bit and also like hit a little bit better than, you know, they had there in 2021. Um, I forget what year it is, but yeah. So it's the right move. It's something that it's fun question mark to watch. Like not from yeah. a, from a like, wow, this is a great baseball standpoint, but like, wow, this is objectively hilarious standpoint. so we're going to have another summer of that. And I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it in a weird yeah, way. I'm with you there. the The other
1: move that I could see them kind of going with is if they would have been in on Chris Bryant, who probably. So the thing with him is he can fill in at center. He can play a good left field. He can maybe still play a good third base. I don't know. He's played less of it recently, but. If you go in on Chris Bryant, that's the move you're making where it's still a guy who's been an impact, a high-level impact bat, former MVP at points in his career. Uh, the bat isn't quite what it was, but since he first came up, he's added that positional versatility and can move in in different spots and play a good left. That That's the move I think they make if they're emphasizing defense a little more, I guess, But and also if they're going for more of the – more of the big name and expensive move, which they obviously did not do. Schwarber's still a notable name. Another former Cub, another former World Series hero, but he's not quite, not quite the the big ticket that Chris Bryant is. And we can, if you'd like to, we can kind of go into Chris Bryant. Why don't we do why, it? Why they pivoted away from him?
0: Yeah. So, okay, I once thought that Chris Bryant was like the guy and once might even be like a couple weeks ago. You had time him on your
1: ideal off season, right? No, sense. I did.
0: I did. I did. As, as time went on. And maybe this is also partially because he's like officially going to be a Rocky now, like the whole positional versatility thing. I I, I sort of have two thoughts on this one. Yeah. It, it, it would have been useful to the Phillies for sure, because they have a lot of holes that they need to fill from a defensive especially
1: especially because of the three positions he primarily does
0: play yes also however also the way it's talked about sometimes it's as if he can play three positions at once it's like okay you put him at third great who's gonna play left who's gonna play center you put him in center who's gonna play left who's gonna play third you put him at like it sure he can definitely play at a lot of those places but like you know you're still going to have other spots to fill. It's not like you have three Chris Bryants who can play in the field at the same time. I know that's a very like, I don't know, not like sophisticated argument, but it just seems like the way it's talked about sometimes. And I am I probably did this myself too, is like we get Chris Bryant, like all the holes are filled and everything's good. And it's like, no, that's not really how things work. So that's sort of what I think about that. The other thing I think about the whole positional thing is, I think that $26 million a year is actually okay for a guy like that. Like maybe something, I don't know, 24, 25 would have been better, but I, I, I don't think 26 in and of itself is a huge overpay. The thing I don't get is you're giving seven years at 26 to a guy who's going to be playing through his age 36 season. And his greatest asset probably is the fact that he can play all over the field. I don't know how much longer that's going to be the case. Probably not seven years, probably not even five, maybe not even four. So once you take that out, sure, he can still hit. He had an 835 OPS last year and like 664 the year before. And I get it. Weird 2021, he got traded short in 2020. Still, if you're trying to sell me on the fact that your your greatest asset is your bat or you're like getting all this money or all these years because you can rake, and Coors Field will, will certainly help out but it'll help out anybody too. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's like a, a, a Chris Bryant thing. You're, you're going to need to hit better than that. And you're going to need to be more confident that you can play left and third and all over the field for at least four or five of those years. And I don't know if that's going to be the case.
1: Well, I I guess the counter argument is, yeah, he wasn't, he's had a few down years at the plate, but also, the upside of Chris Bryant's bat is you can you've seen that he can be an MVP level hitter. He's done yeah. it. He's won an MVP. He was an eight WAR player that year. He was like a six win player as a rookie, and they manipulated his service time and called him up late, and he's still like a six win player. A huge part of two deep playoff run teams, one of them that won a World Series. And Kyle Schwarber, yeah, he was really good last year missed a ton of time not a ton time. he missed a good stretch of the season and I think he was still like a like a mid-three war player Chris Bryant like his worst full season was like three and a half war like Chris Bryant is yeah. he's like people have been talking about Chris Bryant because he has think about it over the last two years he had like 180 ish games where he was more just like an all-star to sub all-star instead of an MVP. And people have been talking about him like he's a, like he's a nobody. And like Kyle Schwarber is like this MVP level, level player. And that's not to take anything away from Kyle Schwarber. Um, He also has had his fair share of postseason moments. I think he had three hits in, Game seven of the World Series and he tore his ACL. The 2016
0: World Series was just legendary from a Kyle Schwarber perspective. He's like it was like that weird thing where the Cubs had the advantage because they didn't have home fields. So they used the DH more and Kyle Schwarber, but yeah, I'm, because I'm getting he, totally what,
1: his, Didn't he tear his ACL in April yeah, or something?
0: And yeah, and he came back in like six months. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah.
1: No, it's just like they're both really good players, but the people that are talking like Chris Bryant isn't any good anymore it it kind of confuses me no Um, I agree I think it Schwarber is a fine signing um personally he's a good signing a really good signing personally though for seven million more a year six and a half million more a year I probably would have gone Bryant I guess you could the argument is the age thing I think Schwarber's 28 Bryant's 30
0: um and like you mentioned what's up he's 29 He's 29. I just, yeah, I just looked it up. We had it split. Is I said turn- 30, you said 28. He turned he turned 29 on March 5th. Happy uh bladed call okay. Schwarber. Was that Schwarber? Yeah. Okay.
1: Sorry about that. But yeah, a little bit of an age thing. Um, and you you worry about about Bryant being able to play the field like he does right now. But I still think, um, especially since the luxury tax is gonna continue to rise a little bit, like 26 million dollars a year for a guy like Chris Bryant. I don't think that's a bad deal.
0: Yeah. I'm with you there, but for me, it's just the years. And look, maybe the way that these contracts work is you pay for a good four or five years and you take a a less good three. It is the Philly. That's what, that's what, that's what, that's that's literally what the Bryce Harper thing is going to be. The Philly signed Bryce
1: Harper for 13 years, hoping for a good like seven or eight years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's just the nature of the, of the beast, but. Look, Chris Bryant's a a good player. Like he's 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 a great player. He'd be he would have really helped out this team. I think I don't know if you were if you put on the table right now twenty six for seven years for Chris Bryant, nineteen point seven five for four years for Kyle Schwarber. I might take Schwarber. Um, if you cut down the Bryant thing to like five years. Um, and, and I don't want to be sounding like the Braves here where like I'm going to let my like franchise player walk because I don't want to give him an extra year. Uh, and we can get into the whole the Dodgers are like the 27 Yankees thing later if we want to. But I don't know if there's a whole lot about that to say. There's just they're they're really good. And the Braves lost Freddie Freeman. So good for Phillies fans. Although Matt Olson's good, too. I'm getting sidetracked once again. But yeah, look, Chris Bryant's good. Kyle Schwarber's good. The deals themselves, I I personally think the Schwarber deal is a little bit better. Also, that's just how these contracts work for a Scott Boris guy who you knew was going to get paid. You knew had a lot of teams after him. It's just how it goes.
1: One more thing on Ryan before we can kind of move on. I I see some people on Twitter that are like, oh, I don't really understand this deal for either side. And I get that for the Rockies side, like they got rid of. Arnauto. Arnauto they got they're getting and, story and like they 50 paid, million dollars yeah they yeah. paid the Cardinals 50 million dollars to take Nolan Arnado, and they're not going to bring back story and and all that stuff so I could I could see that why why sign Brian he doesn't like fit your timeline after everything you just did but from the other side is Chris Bryant is getting 182 million dollars and he gets to live not too too far away from where he's from in Las Vegas, and that seems like something that's important to him. I understand why Chris Bryant took that deal. I I, thought, I, I think I understand why he might have signed that contract.
0: You ever been to Coors Field? I've
1: not. Incredible.
0: And Incredible.
1: it's gonna help. It's gonna help him. Yeah, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't numbers. mind.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind playing 81 games there a year. I yeah. It's look are 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 the Rockies going to win anything during that during that 10 Like probably he, not.
1: He has his World Series, he has his MVP.
0: He has exactly. So, so you know, go, you know
1: secure the bag. The reason the reason the Phillies didn't sign him to this deal and who knows if he wanted to ever come to Philadelphia or anything, but the reason the Phillies didn't give Chris Bryant this contract mainly I think is because they don't seem to be going over the luxury tax threshold like we've kind of alluded to before. In the new CBA, it jumped up to 230 million. So, according to Matt Gelb from the Athletic, he said they have around 10 million in space right now. But some of these moves that they've made, you know, going with Schwarber over Bryant or maybe somebody else, um, a few other moves that we can get into, it seems to all have the luxury tax in mind, and yeah, we can just kind of go into that. You want to summarize some of the moves that they've made before
0: Schwarber? Yeah. So we were kind of talking about this before we started recording and there's this whole thing on Twitter right now. It's basically the Phillies need to go and pay the tax right now. Yeah, it's true. They, they do. They have had to pay the tax for several years now, but what, what you're kind of saying, which I agree with is like, it doesn't make sense from a approach perspective now. Like it, it, Don't get me wrong. It always made sense to pay the tax. They should have been paying the tax for years now, uh, especially this year, even if they're going to start now, it doesn't make sense now to say, Oh, they got Kyle Schwarber. Let's go over the tax now. As if like they weren't expecting to get Kyle Schwarber and this like changes their off season plan somehow. This is kind of something that, as I said, we kind of, you know, there were, there were a lot of teams in on him, but they were kind of the front runners the whole time. But if you're going to bargain hunts, like you said, with the bullpen, like they've done so far, and now they're going to say, okay, we got Schwarber. We knew this was coming in a sense. Now we're going to pivot and pay the tax. It's like, you know, it's, it's not something that's going to happen if they decided to pay the tax now. Great. If, but if they did that, I don't get why they weren't just in on it the whole off season. Um, so yeah, pay the tax. They're probably not going to at least until the middle of the season, uh, I think I said in the last pod or two pods ago that they were going to do it at some point that probably would come in the middle of the season if they were like, Oh, we actually have a chance to win now. Um, But yeah, it, it like from a, from like a logic perspective, it would be weird if now was the time when they said we're going to pay the tax rather than November.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned before they've been bargain hunting a little bit and so they signed Yuris Familia last week for $6 million. I believe they signed Brad Hand, left-handed reliever, for $6 million. I think that's it for Major League Editions in the bullpen, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Other than uh, Corey Kniebel before the lockout.
1: Yeah, exactly. One year, and then, one year 10. Yeah, and then they also signed – they brought back Oduble Herrera – to seemingly platoon with Matt Vierling in center field for about a million and a half dollars. Yeah. We can kind of get into, into those signings if if you'd like.
0: Yeah. I thought uh, Familia at least seemed like kind of an overpay just because he hasn't been Tim, Tim put out a great tweet. That was about, these were his numbers from, I don't have it pulled up right now, but it was, it was basically, he was really good from 16 to 18 or something like that. Um, not so great from 19 to 21. And that was like largely because of 2019 was just really bad. His, I think his ERA was like in the sixes, but 2019 or 2020 and uh 2021 themselves weren't that great either. And they're kind of hoping that he can get back to the 16 to 18 form, which I just, as a general philosophy, I'm kind of out on the whole, like, oh, maybe we can, you know, bring back the guy who he was like X number of years ago, like six years ago. Because it's just not like a reliable thing to do like you sort of have what you have now. Um, so that one I don't know that one felt weird. I, it, it would have made a little bit more sense if he was a lefty just because like they need something there. And that leads me into the Brad hand thing, which also that one kind of felt like an overpaid too. but at that point. It's like what other options on the left handed market do you have you need a lefty in the pen you see how much guys are getting paid um so it it was it was almost like yeah in an ideal world you would sign brad hand for less than six million dollars per year also i don't know if they would have been able to do that sometimes you have to do what you have to do uh so that one i guess you know you can sort of rationalize more but yeah it's like they're probably just replacing the guys that they lost from the pen last year with archie bradley who's going to the angels now and ian kennedy going to the diamondbacks Hector Neris going to the Astros I guess that was more of the uh Kniebel move to sort of replace that quote unquote um but yeah it's like the the reliever market is kind of nuts um a lot of these moves on their face seem like overpays also I don't know the other options and if they were going to fix this thing in house it would have been a disaster so it is what it is I guess
1: yeah I'm I don't know I some people don't like Brad Hand. I think he's fine. I don't think six million dollars for one year wasn't absurd overpay. He was really bad with the Blue Jays last year, but his other stops, he was he wasn't too bad. So if he's the Brad Hand of old, that's gonna look like a pretty good steal. But we'll we'll have to see there. Familia, I'm I'm with you. Didn't really get that signing. Um, then yeah, in center field they bring back Odubel Herrera to platoon, like I mentioned um had a had an all right 2021 of course he comes with off-field baggage 2019 he was arrested and suspended for um a domestic violence incident last year they brought him back midway through the through the season I think it was around May they brought him back up um after him not playing in 2020 On the field, I think that it's a fine platoon. He's going to have good stretches and really cold stretches. And I think it's fine to platoon him with Veerling. If the rest of your lineup is strong, and at this point, I don't know if I would describe the Phillies lineup as particularly strong all the way through. I think the top is really good. They have some pretty glaring holes if they're counting on Didi Gregorius to come back and play short, and if they're counting on Alec Boehm to come back and play third after both of those guys have like 640 OPS seasons last year. And then to add on to it, they have a whole new position in the lineup that they have to, they have to go with. They have the designated hitter this year that they didn't have last year. And some people I see, I'm referring to a lot of some people today it's basically just random people I see on Twitter uh, I've seen some posts saying like oh the DH is going to help the Phillies because they have bad fielders like Alec Bohm or Schwarber or Hoskins but they don't have enough hitters to kind of like have nine people in the lineup I don't think right now
0: yeah I saw a mock lineup the other day where DD Gregorius was the Phillies designated hitter which oof um but also, yeah, put him at short, and it's also kind of oof when you look at the defensive numbers, too. So, yeah, I don't know what they do about the DH if they don't add anybody. I mean, they're going to have to add somebody else. They still have $10 million to spend. But I was thinking, as of right now, if you if the season starts tomorrow, Bryson Stott's going to have to be in that lineup, like either playing second or, you know, moving Gene to third or Bohm to DH or some combination of that. It's like who else? What else? Like Camargo? Maybes, the yeah. DH, if you I, – I, I, they, 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 they have holes. They don't have enough regulars.
1: Like they no, they don't. Have, they don't have enough regular players in their lineup right now. And, yeah, they have $10 million before they hit that CBT threshold, but they really need more. <laughs> they need more right now yeah. um, because, like you mentioned, they're betting on a lot of bounce backs. And, and even if they get some of those bounce backs from – from players like Bowman, Gregorius, like there is no obvious designated hitter right now. So I don't know. I don't know what the right move is. So who do you think, out of some of the guys that are still out there, who do you think might be a fit for the Phillies?
0: Oh man, you would think uh, it's somebody.
1: You would think it's somebody who is like a left field slash DH type, and they can go on and off with Schwarber as needed.
0: Yeah, or, or
1: third or third base type, but I don't know if there there are as many of those yeah
0: it's just i don't know if if the move is like let's sign a dh as much as it is let's sign a guy who can play center and then or short or something and then that will naturally push somebody to the dh spot i don't if, know if like, there's
1: any start there's no starting caliber center fielders or shortstops like in free agency unless you're signing carlos correa which is not the type of player that no that's the not will be targeting
0: yeah that's not going to happen but uh i think destiny wrote something in Philly's nation this morning about Tommy Pham could be an interesting one. If, uh, I mean, obviously he uh, wouldn't be DH, but I don't know, trade for Laureano. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's miss, just what half
0: the season it missed. Yeah. is 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 going to miss like another month or so, or yeah, it's, but dude, I don't know. The, the options are very, are very slim. What um, do you,
1: what do you think? So Johnny, Johnny Heller has been uh clamoring for, Jorge Soler. What do you think of Soler?
0: Yeah. Uh, it's a World Series MVP. It's it like they are adding,
1: adding all the World Series heroes.
0: Yeah, it would be – I think the word Johnny used was fun, which I, I think is probably what I would put yeah, it be too. Cool. He was like, you, you have four 40-plus homer guys in the lineup between Schwarber, Harper, Hoskins, and uh, Jorge Soler. So, sure, like I think that'd be a fine move. you put him at d h and you know maybe he can play in the field every now and then to get somebody off their feet, but like he also i i'm i'm not a i'm not a batting average guy, <laughs> but didn't he hit like one ninety something last year that's or hard. yeah i sure maybe maybe it is fine, but like what what do you where do you put that in the lineup you know i
1: yeah i don't know another another guy maybe are they going to bring cory dickerson back home
0: sure probably not <laughs> probably not but he was yeah. not that but, good last year. but it was but, good but, for but, them in
1: 2019 before he got it
0: yeah but that's like the kind of move that they're going to have to make it's something on the you know on the fringe where like i mean as you said they're not paying for castellanos they're not paying for correa they're not paying for probably story i mean they, I, they have I don't to clear. understand
1: I don't understand how they let Brad Miller walk. He's going to the Rangers. How do you let Brad Miller walk when you have the holes that they do? Third That's base, left question. field,
0: DH type? Yeah. Oh. Why don't you look at a Jock Peterson either kind of thing? Six, he got, yeah, he, went he, got six he got one for year six. Yeah, one year six. You just paid one year six for Yaris Familia and Brad Hand. I think Jock, Jock Peterson would add more value to this team than either of those guys.
1: Probably. Yeah, I don't know. They have holes. They definitely have holes in that lineup. And – $10 million is not going to buy you like the perfect player to, to fix things. So,
0: yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to add one thing about the, about the platoon. Uh, I, I agree with you that I think like it's not terrible from a baseball perspective. Um, there are people saying Herrera might hit lead off. The guy had a 278 OBP last year. Like yeah, what you're getting, that. what you're getting out of that spot in the lineup, which I assume will be him more often than veerling just because you know joe girardi's whole like play the play the play the veterans thing and i don't know i guess you naturally just face more righties than lefties it, I, I think that's a thing um yes but what you're what you're getting out of that spot in, in in the lineup is a guy who when he's hot he's do we want to do the whole best eight hole hitter in baseball thing like michael franco part part two Um, but when you're hot, that's probably something what you're getting. And that's, that's pretty valuable right there. I mean, especially, you know, if you have the, the drop off in the lineup that they might have, if boom and other guys don't necessarily bounce back, like you're going to want something like that in the eight hole or seven, eight hole something like that. And if he's cold, you're getting a, you know, an eight hole hitter that is not really hitting. And there are worse things, I guess you obviously don't want to have a lineup that drops off like that. But at least he's not the leadoff hitter that's not hitting, and yeah, and you know maybe if like a guy...
1: if they have stretches where he's on fire and they put him in leadoff, like whatever. Yeah, fine.
0: Yeah, but I- I'm with you. He,
1: I don't think he can be your opening day leadoff guy.
0: No, no. So yeah, and then from a defensive standpoint, he had a defensive run saved of like positive one. Well, yeah, I think it was year. one. Uh, Statcast Which liked is... him
1: a lot more. Statcast had him. Had him pretty high up in both outs above average and outfield jumps. So, yeah, he does I get know. good jumps. The eye, yeah. test, the eye
0: test tells me that he's fine. And we are eye test guys here at the Phillies of Nation course. podcast. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So look, it, it's, I, I understand why the platoon idea might not be so appealing. And I completely understand why in this particular case. But like if we're comparing this product with a Moniac Hazley Quinn platoon, Uh I think they're gonna get better returns on this one. Yeah,
1: it'll be it'll be better than their 2020 out like center field play, I would say.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. So do we want to mention, you know, we're talking about the holes, a team with not many holes in their lineup now. (sighs) Los Angeles Dodgers, they signed Freddie Freeman to is it a six-year contract? It's six-year,
0: six-year 182.
1: A former mvp for atlanta one of the Wait. one of their franchise icons i would say freddie freeman um atlanta let him walk they trade for matt or sorry they trade for matt Olson from the a's and they extend him to a to a big contract just so what do you think of how all of that goes down when in atlanta they trade for Olson, they signaled that Freddie Freeman is not coming back, and, and
0: Freeman joins
1: an already loaded Dodgers team.
0: Yeah, it's it's six years, one sixty-two. By the way, not one eighty-two. Um, Got it. Twenty-seven a year, pretty good deal. So, if I'm the Braves, and okay, from a Dodgers perspective, like there's not, I, I it's a it's a great signing. Their lineup is. Betts, Freeman, Turner, Smith, Muncy, Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Chris Taylor, A.J. Pollock. Like, that's that's absurd. Uh, pretty obvious move on their part. If I'm the Braves, I've always thought it was weird to let your franchise guy walk after, you know, you want to give him five years and he wants six. It it, it seems like that's a bridge that you should have been able to, to close there. Also, and I think I'm going to credit Foolish Baseball, actually, for this take. I saw something that, that was like... For for Freddie Freeman and the and the Braves, they got the World Series. That's sort of mission accomplished in some sense. You obviously want to win more, and that's what they're still trying to do. But it isn't like there's unfinished business there, you know? And if you were gonna let him walk, like signing trading for Matt Olson and then extending him eight years, like and losing a little bit, not all that much, if you consider how good Matt Olson really is, like this is probably the next best thing. And I wonder if they were in a, in a, in a position where it was like, okay, we don't know if we're going to keep him. The A's have this offer. If, if we wait too long and we like hope that we can get Freeman to sign for five years or something like that, or hope that things work out there, miss out Olson goes elsewhere. Now we're screwed because we have nobody to play first base or at least none of the big guys. So might as well jump on this opportunity while they have it. And Without Freddie Freeman, because I think Freeman's a better overall player, although Matt Olson's really good. Um, I think this is probably like next best case scenario for the Braves. I don't think they did all too bad. I think in an ideal world, a lot of Braves fans would have liked to see them just keep Freddie Freeman because of who he is, because of blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if you're the Phillies and you're like, thank God, Freddie Freeman's finally out of there, which is a valid perspective to have. I think that's a... a a proper perspective to have you're not too thrilled about Matt Olson being the guy to take his spot so the Braves did okay I like all things considered I think they're in a pretty good spot still and signing him again extending him eight years uh not doing the whole Mac, Matt Klintak date the player before you marry him thing um is like eight years for Matt Olson What I I don't that's pretty damn good in my book yeah, I'm with
1: you. He's really good. I, If I had the choice of of giving up a bunch of prospects and young players for Olsen and then extending him or just signing Freddie Freeman for money, I'm probably taking Freeman. I think he's Me a better too. player. Me too. I guess he is older. There's risk of decline. But Freeman is really good. I think he's a future Hall of Famer. That's probably a little bit yet to be seen from Olsen. But... Like you said, it's not going to be that much of a drop-off because Olsen's really good. And, yeah, they're going to be a tough beat. The Mets are really good. Atlanta's really good. It's going to be hard for the expanded playoffs. Might bail them out a little bit, but I do not see a world where the Phillies finish
0: anything above third place
1: in this division.
0: Uh, yeah, like on, on paper, the Mets are the Mets. And they're, to me, look, too, the, Mets, the Mets are always the Mets They're are. Good. The Mets are. Look, the Mets are loaded. The Mets are absolutely. Are, are stacked. you?
1: Are you banking on Scherzer being bad? Like, the, is that what you're doing? Like, I
0: mean, Dominic. Players... Smith, i i I think Dominic Smith took him deep twice in spring training. Like inner squad the other. I'm just saying the 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 early returns not great. Let 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 him
1: catch up. He's been busy the past few months. He's doing all the negotiating. That's exactly true.
0: Yeah. Look, the Mets. The Mets are going to be good. Um. There is also sometimes a bit of the, it doesn't exactly work, especially in baseball to just bring a bunch of guys in from a bunch of different places, throw them on the same team and expect them to like click right away like that. Maybe the Mets are so loaded that it doesn't even matter. Um, But I don't know. There's just a part of me. That's like, it's, it's the Mets there. There will be some way to Mets and the, the Mets teams that have meted in previous years have not been this good. So maybe they're met proof at this point, but yeah, look on, on, on paper, the Phillies are definitely the third best team in the national league East.
1: So I just get, I just got a text literally a few hours ago from a friend from home, making a joke that the Mets are too good to be good and that they're going to basically not be able to click like you were just saying. So I think that was funny that you made that point, not as a, much of a joke as he did he, he claimed that they're the Mets are too good to be good like it's gonna it's gonna fall through because they have too many good players I don't know
0: yeah I, I also think like the Mets okay the Mets are loaded the Mets lineup itself is also loaded people talk about it like again it's the 27 Yankees and it's good but it's not like you know I mean it's it's it's, it's not even like best lineup in the National League good so it's it's, it's like they're a perfect team like Again, Scherzer, DeGrom, et cetera, in the, in the rotation. Like, absolutely loaded. But, you know, lineup is not like this otherworldly thing that cannot be beaten, though it is still very good. I don't know.
1: I, I'm, I'm picking the Mets to win the division. We'll probably get into that a little more at the end of spring training. But as of now, Mets are my division pick.
0: Maybe my
1: World Series pick. I got Mets too.
0: Braves, Braves win the East. All right. We'll we'll
1: get into that, get into that later, but I think that should probably wrap things up for the most part. We'll have another pod for you sometime after the Phillies make another move, round out this roster a little bit. Um, We'll, we'll get into it before the season, but it was good to, good to record again with some baseball going on.
0: Can I ask you one more thing about Kyle Schwarber? Sure. So I, I put out a poll yesterday and I was kind of surprised by how lopsided the, the, poll was I said he will hit over under 42.5 home runs for the Phillies this season what do you what do you think under like probably but it was 85 percent under I don't know if it's that that obvious that's a lot that's a lot of homers he okay he hit he hit 32 home runs last year in 113 games if you stretch that out if you stretch that out over 162 games that's a 162 game pace of 46 home runs which, I get it. You're not going to play a whole 162 games, and that's still three more home runs than the, the over-under that I set. Still. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Have anything else? Uh, no. I need to get back to watching my bracket get busted. All right.
1: All right. That'll do it for this episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. We'll be back when the Phillies have some other moves, and we're a little bit closer to opening day. Good to be back. Thank you for listening.